Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 119 of the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike where we will be covering the 14th episode of season 5 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. namely the episode The Devil Complex but before we get on to that Hannah how the devil Oh, that's a great <laughs> I love what you did there um, I'm fine, I'm good uh, The kids go back to school tomorrow Yes! Yes, that will... Uh, I mean, it's great having their little miracles around. Oh, but, uh, don't get me wrong. I love our kids to death, but I also love it when they go to school. <laughs> yes. yes. So you'll be able to have that back, which is nice. Indeed. Um, and um, we haven't gone crazy with the podcast recording this week. We've been away a little bit of the um, for a, a one night as well. Um, and, you know, we've had a absolute wealth of good tv this week what with andor and lord of the rings yep. so there's been a lot of things vying for our attention but we are the back final now. of the rings of power was incredible yeah it was really good it's really good. And, it was good and 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 i know i keep ringing the bell for it but i think andor's really sort of bubbling up yeah as well i'm, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying that uh, and we even managed to fit in a couple of episodes of the x-files as well so uh we did. it's been uh, it's been a very productive geeky week and we took our kids to a uh, mini convention today as well Indeed. Uh, so uh, we've been very very on brand this week i would say yep and our son could talk of nothing else at bedtime oh really yeah and how next time he's going to get a spider-man funko pop oh okay that's oh. what he really wants great we've we've created an addict um and uh, yeah, I managed to put a video up on the YouTube channel today. The only failure was getting a chin stroker versus punter done because my co-host was asleep. Um, <laughs> for if, uh, and then a couple of hours later, he actually did text back. I said, look, I can do one now. And at that point, he was in the shower as well. I'm like, oh my God, are you going to be like sleep, showering? It's just like, it's a dog's life, isn't it? You know, <laughs> doing your hair. Um, so, um, but beyond that, you know, we, we're we're very we're providing the content this week. So uh, I hope people appreciate it. Uh, and if you do appreciate it, you can extend the glove of love uh, to okay. us via uh, email at Rewatch Project Podcast. That's Rewatch Project Podcast at gmail or you can reach out to us on social media, namely on Instagram or Twitter at Rewatch Proj, that's Rewatch P-R-O-J. And please do check out our friend shows as well, namely Chinstroker vs. Punter, The Iron Sequel, The Good, The Bad and the Yard, Talk Without Rhythm podcast, his film, her movie, Film Bastards, and Entertainment Landfill. So uh, check all of those out. And we also uh, appreciate reviews on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. So, Hannah, do you have any feedback for us? Indeed. Um, right, on episode 118... Uh, Silver Surfer this episode does suffer from being between two epic ones Um, episodes 12 and 14 are so beloved by fans this episode does slip into the background a little Um, that was obviously in reference to our talk of me thinking it was a wee bit quiet and you Mm. loving it yeah yeah um, oh no, I agree. Well, I, I I don't think those two things are mutually. Oh no, 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 no I think it, it was it was a quieter episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, he goes on to say, I really enjoyed the chemistry between Jake Boosie and Henry Simmons mm. here. You can genuinely believe they were old friends, and that isn't easy to do in film and television. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm. particularly when you've got a character who's quite beloved on the show and one who you haven't because sometimes it does feel Star Trek would always do this when somebody from like Cisco or Riker's past had come in 
and they'd be like, oh, I remember that time when you got busted down by the Admiral. And mm. you kind of don't believe, you, you, you don't believe it. You don't believe that these people actually had lives before the show. Yeah. You know, uh, but in this instance you do. And I think that is just largely down to the fact. And I think I alluded to that on the show that it feels like a buddy cop thing. You know, it does feel... And he's, he's pretty charismatic. Yeah, I mean, it, it just they just feel like two people who would have gone out and had lots of adventures before the show. Yeah. Uh, on the same episode, Jack Dub says, I both like and dislike bits of Principia. I give full marks to the show giving Mac a friend outside of the team, and I really appreciate the pace at which Deke's heritage is beginning to unfold. Mm. Other lesser shows would have milked slash drawn out the reveal for the rest of the season. Yeah, and that's something that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. across the board is good about. Yeah, uh, but I take some marks back with the Ruby Verna of it all. It's just not where my interest lies. That's a really good point, actually, because, I mean, I, I you know, really enjoyed the last episode. Um, but a little bit like the episode a few back, you know, where there was the kind of the insurrection of all of the kind of people on the lighthouse... Um, you know, where um, Mac and Yo-Yo talked them into revolting. Mm. And I was talking about how I just didn't find that element of the storyline as interesting. Yeah. I think that, that that point about the, you know, the, the Ruby subplot is true in the mm. sense that when you compare that to all the A-plot stuff, it does feel a little bit like, why are we spending so much time with these characters mm. that we don't really, you know, know that much about or care that much about i'm sure like all in all things agents are sure that it will pay off but but that is a fair point mm. yeah. uh that's all the feedback i have cool. do you want me to give you tale of the tape for this one yes please do tell us about this episode okay hey. so this episode is called the devil complex the synopsis says fitz and simmons are faced with one of their greatest fears as they search for a way to seal the rift it is directed by nina lopez corrado and she's someone I'd like to get on the podcast. Mm, yeah, that name's come up a few times. Yeah, um, and written by Matt Owens. We do have another interview that we're trying to get in the works at the moment, so yep. watch the space. I would really like to speak to one of, and this is speaking to what you've just mentioned a moment ago, one of the female creatives on the show. Oh, yeah. Because it is a very... Um, there's a pretty fair gender split on the show. And, if and, um, you take the showrunners out of it, like uh, my top two would probably be Monica Owusu Breen yeah. or Nina Lopez. Yeah, Mara. I mean, I'd like to talk to Monica Owusu Breen also because um, she's done a lot of really interesting stuff. And also, she, it got pulled, but she was going to run the Buffy reboot that was oh, announced really? about two years ago Her, well Joss Whedon was going to executive produce it but she was going to be the head writer and run the show right. and it was a, it was announced it was announced in the trades and something happened to it and it just disappeared and no one's talked about it so I'd love to get the inside story on what happened with that because that's yeah. not been reported anywhere and um, I feel like people just forgot that that was kind of announced and uh, I feel like there's uh, because that would have been an interesting show, particularly you know now with everything that's going on in the world. And I know that they were looking at having a non-Caucasian lead actress in yep. the role. And uh, yeah, I'd be really interested to have a conversation about that. But uh, um, yeah. And who wrote this one, sorry? Uh, Matt Owens. Matt Owens, cool, um, solid. Just one fun fact about Nina Lopez-Corrado's direct, directing history. Um, and this goes back to a conversation we had with Silver Surfer over who was better Perry Mason or 
Matlock. Yeah. Um, she directed three episodes of the latest Perry Mason TV series. Okay, well, I mean, I've got high hopes for this one because, I mean, it was mentioned in a feedback earlier on <laughs> that um, the last episode was sandwiched between two excellent episodes, so that must mean that this is an excellent episode. So uh, This is the one that I thought was the last episode, so... Um, I'm really looking. Okay, I have no memory, so I'm going into this fairly cold. I'm assuming, because it's a Fitzsimmons-centric episode, that something extremely unfortunate happens to them, <laughs> because that just seems to be uh, the way it goes. But uh, but what we're going to do is, as we always do, we will hit pause, we will watch this episode, and then we will return to uh, respond to, uh, react to, um, review, and riff on said episode. So we're going to hit pause watch the devil complex and then return to talk about it so see you guys in what will be 42 minutes for us but probably about 70 seconds for you so let's do this cs3p combat player one choose your character tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement player two choose your character while you're in luck Hunter. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at com, Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just, just getting confirmation. It's just inning. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? And we're back. So we just finished watching The Devil Complex, the 14th episode of season five of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So Hannah... As we always do, we will begin by asking you what your thoughts are on this episode. Uh, A plus, 10 out of 10, uh, two thumbs up. It was excellent. It was so good. Ian DeCastica was amazing. Um, As were the rest of the cast, but he put in quite an extraordinary performance. Yes, he had to go full John Noble, didn't he? Yeah. And um, the story was just excellent. Um, it was it was fantastic, and I loved it. What about you? I agree. I think it's funny when you get episodes that are just unambiguously good. It's difficult almost to find things to say about them because it's just it's there. Mm. You know, you kind of just want to say, "Well, watch it and see." And um, it, it, and it is good, and you know, it's, it's a genuine surprise as well. But I mean, I I kind of remember this episode. Um, but you know, it's it's a pretty damning indictment of my um, my memory. And I think that one of the things is, I think with Agents of Shield, I think one of the reasons why my memory of it is so kind of weak is the fact that a lot of shows that I'm really into, and this is literally just occurring to me as I'm saying it now, I invest in on several levels. So, for example with things like the Star Wars shows and the Star Trek shows, you know, the primary franchises, I'll watch the episode. First of all, I'll, watch, I'll often watch the episodes more than once. Mm. Um, I will read a lot of reviews of them. 
and I'll often listen to podcasts that talk about them. Agents of Shield, um, I just watch the show. So the sort of the the solidifying, I was going to say solidification, but I'm pretty sure that's not a word, (laughs) of the memory isn't as potent. And that's not to say I like it less or, or I treat it as being any more disposable. But it's just that because um, I didn't grow up as a Marvel Comics fan in the way that I grew up, you know, a Star Wars fan or a Star Trek fan or, you know, what whatever, um, I would watch it, really like it, and then kind of move on, mm. you know? And that's one of the reasons why I'm glad that we're doing the rewatch is that I've come to realise that now it is a show that it is worthy of being podcasted about and being blogged about. Oh, yes, it is. And, and I'm kind of glad that in our own silly small way, we, we're we contributing to that a little bit and shining a light on the show or at least being part of a you know small chorus of fan voices that are continuing to you know boy the show up because the other thing as well is is i mean we've this has come up on you know anytime we've spoke to people involved in the show either directly or from the fandom there is a feeling that um you know disney or marvel are kind of almost a little bit embarrassed by how popular the show is still because it kind of makes a lot of the new shiny look a little Mm. less shiny yeah you know like the word we know that you know the numbers are out there that the this this is one of the most watched marvel shows on disney plus and it's you know a decade old um and quite right for it uh, to be one of the worst most watched too because it's so good yeah yeah but but you will never see disney shining a light on that fact no you know because uh, you know they've got investors and that they talk, you know, they want their investors to see that the things that they're pumping the money into are successful. And I like those shows, you know. Um, I mean, we've still got, you know, more. Of, I mean, She Hulk's just finished, and we've still got most of that to watch. And I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll enjoy it, just like I have done all of the other ones. Um, but I just think that there's been nothing that's hit the same way as Agents of Shield. Though. Yeah, uh, but I just think that there's a lot of people have and are watching Agents of Shield. But their fandom is kind of not being serviced. Mm. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I'm enjoying it. But also, just because from my own personal level, I'm getting to really enjoy the show. Um, kind of on the level that it, it deserves to be enjoyed on. Yeah. As opposed to you know it being kind of tomorrow's fish and chip paper, which is the mm. sort of the approach it's that I was taking before. Dive. Yeah. watching it again yeah, yeah. And, and you know and when we watched it before we watched it in a very stop starty way um well actually not with this season we didn't we watched this in one in no, one from big go i think from the beginning of this season we were pretty much week in week out with the show for the rest of its run i think we we saved it until we had nearly the whole thing and of this binged, season yeah and then binged it I know we watched season seven weekly. I know that yeah, we watched... but this particular season we binged. Oh, did we? Okay, yeah. okay. Because we've talked about this already, because we were watching Babylon 5. No, I thought that uh, that was... Oh, no, that was this season. Oh, yeah. God, you see what I've done. 
I've forgotten that this is still season five because yeah. you've had that story split. I was thinking, no, that was the season, the space season. But it's like, oh, that's this season. Yeah. You know, it's it's a bit like when you're having a, a long, weird week. You know, since you're like, yeah, that was this week, wasn't it? You know, you're absolutely right, we did. Sorry, I'm thinking of season six and season yeah. seven. That season we... six and seven we watched week in, yeah. week out. And, but they're much shorter seasons as well, so I think that mm. the, the temptation to save them up wasn't as as pressing, you know, because mm. a big season can seem kind of daunting. And I think the other thing is, I think like a lot of people... And we wanted to get, like, properly immersed in it. Yeah. So yeah. the the idea of saving it up so we could... Like we could basically mainline it, and you know the the episodes we had remaining would have dropped by the time well, we got there. We, we like you said, we'd got used to. I mean, we we'd just binged Babylon Five and a lot of other shows, and I think that we just got used to watching shows that way. We'd gone yeah. for a phase where it just didn't feel enjoyable to, and it's funny. And I don't want to sound like that's how I feel about these things because I do really enjoy having weekly shows, and I'm glad oh, yeah. that one of the things that I think that I like about Rings of Power, for instance, uh, you know, that's been really enjoyable. Well, these having, big these big event shows like the Star Wars show. shows and the Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, it's kind of brought back that event television. Like mm-hmm. I remember when the book of uh, not the book of Boba Fett when uh, the Mandalorian started. People couldn't believe that it was being shown weekly. We got so used to these shows being dropped, yeah. um, but now we're back to we're back to shows being weekly again. It's it's uh, good having some that you can watch as a binge thing, and yeah. some that you well. That's one of the few advantages of spoiler phobia. You know, this really started to come out around the time of Game of Thrones, where you know it was became this real social faux pas. And there are certain shows that are so ubiquitous, it's very difficult if you're engaged in geek community to avoid spoilers. Mm. So what that means is, if you're into a show and you really want to enjoy it, you kind of have to watch it the day it drops. So what that's done is it's brought back the water cooler thing. It's brought back the fact that, for the most part, people are watching these shows weekly and they're watching them around the same day. So yeah. all of the discussion happens at once, all of the kind of zeitgeist happens at once. Mm. Uh, and it's a nice return to that. And that is what has always been my preference. But I think with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., what happened was, as much as I hold it up as a kind of a positive example of what these longer seasons could do, um, we had kind of got used to watching shows that were eight, 10 or 12 seasons by this stage you know it was becoming more of the norm Mm. um so i think that knowing that a new season of a show we liked had started and it was like 22 or 23 episodes seemed kind of like a daunting investment Mm. um you know even now like if a new show came along that we really got into that was one of these it would seem crazy that there's going to be like 22 episodes of that you know um but um but yeah, well, should we should we break it down? Should we get into it? Because there's some good meat in this. Absolutely. All right, so we open up with a scene of a phantom astronaut, obviously one of the manifestations of the fear dimension mm-hmm. appearing. Um, we get a reference to uh, with fits uh, to hobnobs and Maltesers as well, which gave me a little a little pang of uh, homesickness there. <laughs> well, a little pang of hunger. If I'm yeah, be I was going to say yeah. And um, so. Um, I mean, presumably the astronaut was meant to be Thingy Bob. Will. Yeah. Mm. Um, Because they don't actually really make that explicit, do they? I don't think. I mean, it's... It's... Yeah. 
I mean, to the viewers, it is, but they don't talk about it. They don't verbalise it. They don't need to. Yeah, no, no, and that's good. Mm. You know, I mean, a lot of shows do. You know, it's the famous, as you know, kind of exposition dialogue. Um, But yeah, I like the fact that they they talk about, oh, why did it have to be a nightmare? Couldn't it? Why couldn't it have been like a wish or a dream dimension? And then, although I did think, you know, I wouldn't want. A dream dimension that's like Nightmare on Elm Street territory. Yeah, if anything, with a fear dimension, at least you know where you stand and it's easier to understand. The last thing you want is scary and surreal, mm. you know. I don't want some 13-foot spider heading my way. No, no. Um, so we get the... Um, I, I like when they talk about what they would uh, they would wish for. Um, and uh, Fitz says an extra day between Saturday and Sunday. And Simmons says a honeymoon. Um, the uh, the astronaut attacks, um, and they have to deal with that. We um, we see them trying to get Yo Yo's arms to work, and it's it's taking longer than expected. And she's pushing herself, and Max trying to help. And there's a little bit of tension there. Well, Mac was saying to her that the um, requirement to get the things to move is causing her nerves to. It's causing pain. Yeah, be in pain, and that's why she has to take it easy, not just. Um, like it's not just that she's got to push through; it's that it's actually physically. Hurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got to readjust. Yeah. I mean, it's like any kind of like physical therapy, isn't it? Mm. Is you, yeah. you, you'll hurt yourself if you if you go too quick. And um, we see Deke getting distracted by Fitzsimmons, mm. um, and asking them to be careful as well, um, because obviously you know he's starting to worry about um, you know their legacy shall we say being him yeah um, doesn't we... want them walking off together it's a bit like having um, well I suppose it was a bit like having the Queen and Prince Charles and Prince William on the, same, the plane. same plane yeah yeah something. exactly yeah. Um, although I mean if one of them dies he's still screwed well, yeah you know yeah yeah um, but uh, we see the team nab Hale. They want to figure out what's going on here with the evil general. Uh, and then we see evil Fitz appear. Well, we know this, of course, because of his side passing and his hair preening as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, we see... Um, Every time I flatten my hair down, I think, ooh, is this evil Hannah? <laughs> but I, Dr. I, Hannah. I, well, yeah, yeah, I'm like that when I shave and I have a little goatee. Um, but um, I'm like uh, I'm like the... the, the, the Do not ever leave the goatee on. E- evil, ha- evil Hasselhoff. Yeah. Um, so... And it's funny as well because I mean, obviously, at this point, we don't know that 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 Fitz is having a kind of like a Fight Club type thing going yeah. on, um, and I'd completely forgotten about that. I assume you hadn't. I hadn't. I was expecting this in the last episode. No, but specifically that that it's, that it's actually yeah, him. yeah yeah no I okay. knew that I knew that. So Colson goes to speak to Hale, and um, obviously, I did first time around, but I had remembered that. Yeah. 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 So um, Colson speaks to Hale, and she's basically saying to him, "Look, you know, there's a bigger picture here." Um, and it's funny as well because what she's saying is kind of echoing a little bit Fitz's story. It's this idea of people having to make the tough call mm. and do the tough work. You know, I mean, with Fitz, I mean, it's a bit of a giveaway that in the previously it reshows the conversation between him and Hunter, yeah. where Hunter's saying to him, "Hey, look, you know, you need to tap into um, you know the evil doctor at some and point." It's knowing when to leash it up yeah. and when to let it let it go and we learn at the end of the episode retroactively that he's actually been hearing um you know the 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 evil doctor essentially since he got back from the yeah. framework yeah so when um 
you know, Hunter was telling him this, that conversation now takes on kind of extra resonance mm. because we know that he was actually struggling with this and that it got worse and he start, and it started to manifest itself but, as a... But it's kind of, you know, it is a good point that, okay, there's no disputing that the Doctor in the framework was evil, um, but there are elements... Like he says at the end, you know, he still believes that that was the right decision. Yeah. You know, even though his methods aren't great, the the science is right. Yeah. Well, you know? and, we, and you and I have talked before about how the show kind of brushes past, because it has to, because of just the pace of the storytelling, it brushes past the mental health ramifications of exiting the yeah. framework. Mm. Uh, I mean, particularly like with Mac, for example, you know, um, but what they're saying here is that there clearly are mental health ramifications of, are, of yeah. that, you know. And, uh, you know, particularly for, I mean, I guess Fitz was the one who was the mo- had the, 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 the toughest break. I mean, yeah. Mac obviously had a very intense thing to deal with, but it was kind of a relatable earthly problem, mm. whereas the, the kind of psychological complexity of what Fitz had to deal with finding a evil side to your persona yeah that you realize that one difference in your life has brought out yeah and and it's a little bit like pretty scary yeah and and it's like you and I talked before about this idea that you know being that this psychotic urge is something that some people just have I mean there's a fringe episode about it as well yeah uh, and many documentaries you know serial killer documentaries that seem to make up 70 percent of um, wrote a really good book called the psychopath Test, yeah. which is uh, an interesting yeah and it's just this idea that something could you know trigger that and um and I think so I think that the I mean with max you know the the, the trauma that Mac had that was something that he can kind of um, compartmentalise to a certain extent. Mm. Um, whereas I think that the lingering, the potential for lingering effects with what Fitz experienced is much more, it's much more of a kind of esoteric conundrum mm. than, than what, than what Mac had. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll be getting to all that stuff anyway. So we see that um, another thing as well that I think is funny we talk about the preening but one thing that good quote good fits does and has always done is whenever he's freaking out he, he, it's his arms thing the way he'll walk around with his like his arms up yeah. and he'll have his arms on his head or he'll be kind of like it's like you know when Fitz is stressed because the arms are up in the yeah. air you know and, it's, and it's, his it's, voice gets quite wavery yeah mm. yeah um, and it's the thing as well is the fact that you know whilst he has you know, toughened up and dealt with all this, he is still the same, you know, anxious, somewhat panicky, emotional person. He and was. and a, that'll never change, you know. No, of course not. And he's extremely sleep-deprived. Yeah. As it currently stands. So that's got to contribute towards why he's seeing his alternative self as yeah. well, you know. Yeah. Um, because he's not resting no. in any kind of way. Yeah, so I mean if you've got this any kind of unresolved trauma, it, there are certain situations that I like to bring it out. Mm. So we see Leopold go to him and he says that you know he's doing what you uh, you know good fits were unwilling to do. Uh, Hal says that she's trying to save the world and we see that uh, Creel was her driver and he's got his, his bomb vest on. Mm. Um, we see you see my my boy Ivanov uh, return. And this is when Hale's just sort of revealed to Coulson that 
she wanted to get um, captured the whole time. Yeah, it was a scam. And, like, when... Um, I, I can't remember what happens from here. Like, I, I, broadly, I know what happens, but mm-hmm. I can't remember minutiae stuff of yeah, what happens plot. from here with, um, you know, the fact Coulson's gone with Hale. Like, um, like it seems very out of character that, that Coulson got taken in by Hale's... Mm. Although, I was going to say, that, it reminds me a lot of the storyline in, I can't remember, season two... Yeah, where the, the, where with the woman, the, yeah, and, and the one he ends up in a relationship with. Yeah, uh, yeah. then he allows himself. Does there, there have been a couple of times when, and this isn't answering your question because it isn't about him being taken, but there have been a couple of times where Coulson has just said, "Look, I'm going to go along, and just see where this takes me." Yeah, you know, and I think that probably is what's going to happen. But um, the you know having words with Melinda. Um, in front of the quote marks bad guys seems slightly like, you know, are they actually having words or is this for their benefit? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's difficult it's, to tell, isn't it? Yeah, because there's lots of times where you think Coulson's absolutely cocked it up massively and then you realise he's been playing yeah. the players. The fucker has become the, the fucky, you know, yeah, a lot of yeah. that, isn't it? Um, I like the fact that uh, Ivanov still has a, you know, he's stuck in his core where he says, how's that for uh, an origin story? A cool origin story, bro, mm. because obviously, you know, he's throwing back what he said. And obviously, I, I you like know, I, gro- I groaned slightly, obviously, when Ivanov came back because was, I'm a card carrier. I'm like, oh, great, this guy again. I was just about to say, my favourite bit of that particular scene was the fact that you literally went, hiss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this guy's back again. Bad penny. Um, he asks for Hale. Uh, Fitz tells the... Um, uh, Fitz, oh, my notes are going weird there. Oh, yeah. Um, Fitz tells them that his greatest fear is there uh, and that it's Leopold. And Simmons says, how do you know it's yours? How do you know it's not, it's not someone else's? Uh, but then again, she's already had the astronaut. And he's like, you'd be a bit of a fear hog, wouldn't yeah, you, if you got to? Yeah, she says that's not even her greatest fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Simmons tells him that he, he uh, has to figure it out. She's like, look, you know this guy, you need to figure it out. Um, and he thinks that maybe they're after Daisy. Uh, Coulson agrees to go with Hale, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, May says that he's being suicidal. And basically the conversation that they have when they will step away is that you get the impression that she's like, look, you're just looking for a bus to throw yourself in front of because mm. you've got this, you know, you're dying. Um, Daisy, Daisy wakes to the doc doing some work on her and basically says that he's restoring her powers. She's freaking out because obviously she thinks that this will destroy the world. And he yeah. says that her powers are needed to close the rift. And, so, and again, he reiterates that he's doing what needs to be done. Um, Yo-Yo mentions that she knows she will be okay as she lives to the future. Mm. But Max, like, look, you know, um, we're going to change the future. We, we can do this. And then she basically is like, okay, well, maybe then if I die, it is good. Because that will show that there is malleability yeah. to the timeline, you know. Um Fitz starts to come around and has a conversation with himself and where he's told that he's weak. Um, and then the others walk in and say, who are you talking to? And this is the moment where we and the, well, everybody, the audience, the characters realise that, you know, um, it wasn't an anomaly. And Fitz is saying, it's, it was not me, it was him and there's no one there, you know. Simmons clocks it 
when she's talking to Mac and Yo-Yo. Yes. Yeah. But I still can't quite work out what what sets her off because she's saying to Mac something about you've got to rest or maybe it's the fact that he hasn't rested. Yeah. Um, that set her off. Um, but yeah. you you see her. She realizes it beforehand. Yeah. And 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 he says that well, I need to see it through. Gemma tries to get through to him, um, but um, he he continues and he pulls the chip out, which is really long, nasty looking device it is. as well. Yeah, horrible. Um, he gives her adrenaline so the powers will kick back in and tells her what to do. And we get a little little bit of montage of her compacting the gravitonium. I noticed at this point as well that when I typed G R A, my spell check offered the word gravitonium, uh, to, which <laughs> says a lot about about my life. Yeah. Um, well, we are trying to find some gravitonium. Yes, exactly. The kids it, it, really want a floating ship. Uh, yeah, yeah they do. And so do I, quite frankly. Um, Gemma asks Fitz how long he's been seeing him, the doc. And he says that he's been hearing him since he left the framework, but only recently he's actually been seeing him. And basically what she says and is... And he just, he just looks broken, doesn't he? Yeah. Because well, he fe- it, uh, you can see he feels quite uh, hopeless in terms of, um, you know, this this... Alter egos, this alter ego is going to take me over. Yeah, and but also the fact that he still thinks he did the right thing. Mm. You know, so he's just like I'm uh, a bad person. Uh, yeah, I might just say moral. Yeah. Um, but what Gemma's saying to him is that he's had a psychic split, mm. uh, and it's not you. And he says, but it is me. And he, they they have a little philosophical back and forth. I, I like the fact that she says, um, "I agree with you." I agree it was the right thing. And, you know, if we're going to change the course of the timeline... We're going to have to be... We're going to have to make hard decisions that don't necessarily sit that well with us. And also, crucially, we're going to have to do things that we wouldn't normally do in order to change things. Yeah. Because, obviously, we did things by our moral code Mm. the first time, and it destroyed the world. Didn't work, yeah. You know, so it's a little bit like it's a little bit like the George Costanza, the opposite, opposite episode. Day. You know, it's yeah. as though they're like having they're like, well, we need to do the Tuna opposite. On right, yeah, <laughs> have a cup of tea. And she says that um, then you are right. We have or to do things differently. Whatever the hell the uh, word was to change the timeline. Um, but what does that make us? Um, what are you doing there, Helen? Sorry, really unusual. Um, so uh, was... <laughs> okay, yes. well, carry on there, you weirdo. Um, so Deke goes to Gemma, and I love the fact that she's initially she, she's like, oh, "I haven't got anything to, I, I don't have the words." She's like, "Oh, well, that's you know, it's a first. And it's just like, "Fuck's sake, would everyone just leave Deke alone?" But she does apologise. Um, yeah, he, he talks about Fitz and her knowingly. Um, he mentions the sandwiches and obviously tells her about his mother talking about her father. And uh, um, I the, love that her reaction is to vomit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she's she's had a very bad day, but 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 it all, but but it, it it comes to a head when you know he says, "Look, the steps don't need to be big," and she finishes the yeah. you know, um, and yeah, as you say, she spews, um, and then we cut back to Hale uh, and talking to a mystery man about the Confederacy, um, and um, they exchange Hale Hydra. So there's a little bit of setup going on here. So uh, Hannah, any final thoughts on this episode before you tell us what we're talking about next time? I feel like we are going to podcast again very soon. I think you are correct. Um, It's just gathering a pace and 
it's wonderful and I love it. Yeah, we're past the halfway mark now, so I think we... Oh, well past it. So, yeah. um, so I think, you know, then it becomes a... Yeah, we usually do the final third of the season very quickly, so uh, mm. I don't expect it to be any different. A quick reminder to everybody that we do appreciate feedback at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave us comments on the YouTube channel if you wish. Uh, please also like and subscribe as there if that's how you ingest this podcast. And also please check out our friend shows as well as giving us reviews at um, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. So uh, Hannah, what are we talking about next time? The next episode is number 15, Coulson, uh, sorry, it's called Rise and Shine. Coulson uncovers General Hale's real agenda, and it could be the end of the world if S.H.I.E.L.D. can't help her. Mm. Um, it is directed by Jesse Bochco, and it is written by Aiden Baghdadchi. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. First time writer, I think. I think so. I yeah. seem to recall you butchering that name previously. So, uh. I yeah. Well, it says they've written three episodes. This is the first one they've yep. written. Okay, cool. That checks. Oh, look forward to me butchering that name. <laughs> in the future. Um, so that's it for now, guys, and we will speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.